So as I said, this is the 25th National Indigenous Peoples Day in our country, uh, and it's a very different National Indigenous Peoples Day in our country. I think that it has been before for obvious reasons. Things have changed. The discussion nationally has changed. Um, it takes on different meaning. It takes on added importance. So to find out a bit about, because I think the key here for me anyway is education. It's, it's learning what I haven't learned and, you know, these giant, giant blind spots in Canadian history that have been exposed to me. Um, how can we work through that and how can we learn? And I think today is a really good opportunity to talk about the different ways around the country, around the province, around your city, where you can do that. Um, so we're going to chat now with Charlene Bearhead. Um, Charlene's been on the show before. She is the Director of Reconciliation for the Royal Canadian Geographical Society and the first education lead for the National Centre for Truth and Reconciliation, an education coordinator for the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls. Uh, Charlene, thanks for joining us on the show once again. I appreciate your time. Good morning. Thanks for having me. You know, I think for a lot of Canadians, uh, we've it was a real eye-opener. Um, not for all Canadians, obviously. A lot of people knew about this for a very long time, but for a lot of people, it was really sort of... Um, a rude awakening to the reality of our country's history. Um, and today when we're talking about National Indigenous Peoples Day, um, is education a, a focus, do you think, or do I have that wrong? Is that something that people can be looking to as an important thing to do on this important day? Absolutely. I think you've nailed it. But I think we also need to think about how do we define education. So I, I think that Formal education, K-12 education, yep. post-secondary. I mean, K-12 education, the one common experience we have in this country is that we all have to go to school. And so that's the place that we can really learn. But we also know, and as you mentioned today, as you mentioned the last time I was on the show, you know, you, me, many other Canadians did not have the benefit of this education when we went to school. And so education really is so much broader right now when it when it comes to you know, learning about Indigenous people and learning from and with. And I think that's something that's really, really key, mm-hmm. is that people need to learn, whether it's in schools, in community, at work, in your in your home. We need to learn from and with Indigenous people. It's not that, you know, this is like a lost civilization and you've got to research and, you know, find out from the archives. Indigenous people, we, we live with near around Indigenous people all the time. And so it's actually disrespectful to just be learning about Indigenous people when the the experts in their own lived experience are right here. And that's, and so yeah, absolutely. Education is the key. It's the only way we're going to change the narrative in this country. You're absolutely right. And I think, you know, you make such a really good point that, you know, learning with these communities Mm -hmm. that surround us and being part of that and sharing that experience will go so far. How do we do that? Today's National Indigenous Peoples Day. How can we take that step today to get started on that road? Well, it's so interesting because people ask a lot. They'll say, okay, I get it. I need to, you know, I need to learn from Indigenous people. I need to have those relationships. So how does that start? And, And, you know, I've actually had people say, where do I find an Indigenous person? I can be a little sarcastic sometimes. Sometimes I say, stop wherever you're standing and turn really slowly and look. And there they are. But I think that sometimes people, you know, sometimes people think, well, non-Indigenous people aren't interested or they don't care. And, and fair enough, there's lots that don't. But I believe that the majority of people are just really afraid that they're going to do something disrespectful right. or, they're you know, do something wrong. So... I have to say that from my experience, really, if we do things in a good way, if we do things with integrity, and just say that, like, as a, you know, as there's an Indigenous person in your workplace or in community, on your kid's hockey team, you know, parents of your 
you know, that are on your kid's ball team, whatever the case might be, get to know people and just start out with that humility and just say, you know what, I actually don't even know how I should approach things. I don't know what kind of protocols I should follow to talk to elders or or community members, but I want to learn and I want to do it with integrity. And so teach me. Yeah. Talk to me, you know, and I think that goes a long way because humility is not something that governments, that the crown originally, that, you know, large industry, um, other organizations that have any kind of connection uh, to Indigenous communities. Humility has been a thing that's been lacking. And when we humble ourselves and we're respectful and we have integrity, that's how relationships start. But isn't that how relationships work with anyone? Of course. Right. Yeah. And it may be clunky at the beginning, uh, but I think there needs to be an understanding that you're doing this to make things better. And it may be awkward at the beginning. Because like you say, a lot of us, you know, you don't want to offend. And, and, and you don't mm-hmm. want to, a lot of times you don't even want to draw attention to the fact that you're trying to find out more. So, just dive in, right? Just dive in and start the conversation. Yeah, and just do it in, as I said, in like you know, a really respectful way, yeah. and and ask for that guidance, and you'll get it. You know, and the reality is, you may come across people that don't want to talk to you and aren't very keen to do that because of their own experience with non-Indigenous people, but that's not a reason to give up, and that's not a reason to not try to you know, continue to pursue those respectful relationships because the worst thing that can happen is that we do nothing at all and we already know where that gets us because that's where we are right now. Um, Just this text from a listener, and, um, you know, there's a a couple. Uh, Please ask your guest if there will ever be a point where Canadians have learned enough, recognized enough, and atoned enough. And I don't think this is about atoning. I think this is, you know, when we talk about why it's so important to learn about this, Charlene, it's because that's the first step to understanding and to recognizing and to improving the situation, isn't it? I mean, sort of, because when we talk about the residential schools, you can learn about what happened in the residential schools, but you also need to learn about what that kind of generational trauma did and what it's still doing to this day. So education is the key here. Well, and and the other reality that, you know, sort of comes to light from the, the context of that text from your listener is that it's not only... The traumas, and absolutely, the, the trauma, the all of the impacts of colonization, absolutely we need to learn about that. But that's not Indigenous people's history and problem. That's ours. Yeah. We did that. We need to look at that. And so, you know, I mean, do you not teach your kids when they're small? Take responsibility for your actions and do better. It's not okay. And so we as adults need to do that, and as, we as non-Indigenous Canadians need to do that. But the other reality is, There's so much more to it. And the things that we need to learn from Indigenous people are all of the practices, the knowledge that came from, you know, the science. If it weren't where we live in Alberta, had we early on, instead of trying to erase that knowledge and, and, you know, history and science and those practices and protocols of environmental sustainability, all of, you know, environmental preservation, all of those things that kept all things that are living on this land in balance for thousands of years, had we not used residential schools to interfere with the transmission of that knowledge, not only from one generation to another, but from Indigenous to non-Indigenous people, we would be in a lot better situation overall in this country than we are now. One thing I want to ask you, 
Sorry, Charlie. Go ahead. Uh, and I, I don't know what your perspective is on this, but there's a lot of people saying, well, what do you want me to do? I wasn't even alive when this happened, and on and on. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think, I think okay, fine. That you, you weren't directly involved in the residential schools, but we all live in Canada now. We all live here together now. And getting an understanding of that, in order to improve the situation for all of us, you need to have that understanding. Why is it so important to put that building block in place if we genuinely want to make things better for all of us? Well, to start with... Yeah, maybe you weren't alive. And actually, the reality is, if you were not alive when this happened, you would have to be under 30. Because we know the last right, residential yeah, school closed, right? right, in 1996. Yeah. So I don't know if my math is right, but it's close. Somewhere on um, Right? But the other thing is that whether or not you were alive, we all benefit from this every single day. If you are non-Indigenous, you benefit from what happened. I benefit from what happens. And one of the things that I find um, interesting is often when I'm doing, you know, teacher professional development or, you know, professional development for school board trustees or whatever, and I talk about our treaty rights, and we live, I live in Treaty 6, we have Treaty 6, 7, 8, 4, and 10 in this province, and so most of us live in either Treaty 6, 7, or 8, but when I talk about treaty rights, that we all have treaty rights, and people that are non-Indigenous just look baffled. And, and I remind people, well, first of all, you have to have two sides to have a treaty, otherwise there's no treaty because it's an agreement. So that means we have treaty rights, but we are so, our treaty rights are so well intact as non-Indigenous people that we don't even have to know we have them. They just magically happen for us. Where First Nation people have to fight that fight every day. And the treaties still have not been honored. And so one of the things I would really recommend, if people don't know what to do, I need to know what to do right now, learn about your treaty rights. Read the treaty. Find out about the treaty in the territory where you live. And recognize that you have treaty rights that are intact every day. And what's our treaty responsibility to others? Excellent. Charlene, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Some great information today. Awesome. Thanks, Shay. Have a great day. Yeah, you too. That is Charlene Bearhead, who has done a tremendous amount of work around education, uh, around residential schools, and the relationship between Canada and its Indigenous peoples. And of course, today is National Indigenous Peoples Day.